Welcome everybody to the Dexterous Lifestyle Podcast with your co-hosts Andrea and Kelly of Dexterous Organizing, Dexterous Lifestyle. And today we are graciously introducing Dan Baroni of Feel Good Coaching. And um, when I first heard what Dan does and how he does it, I knew he had to be on our podcast for our listeners. Um, so Dan, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and to be able to talk with you about really getting into the meat of who we are and how that works. So I am a life coach. I'm a transformational life coach. What does that even mean, right? What does that do? I work with people as I would say the best analogy would be like a travel guide and see where are you right now? Where do you want to go and how can I help you on your journey there? Right. It's taking apart your belief. I would not say destroying or deconstructing, but looking at your belief systems and exploding them, really going, how do these parts, these truths, these beliefs of what I've come to believe to be true, make up the identity of who I am? What does that mean for me in my life and how I interact with others and myself in the world? Really creating, learning how to create the life that you want to live. Based on who you are. Oh, I love that. So, in a world filled with chaos, we try our best to create a balanced lifestyle. We love to be productive, but we also love to rest. We love to be efficient, but not at the cost of our peace. There is a direct correlation between our habits and our happiness. The dexterous lifestyle is meant for those of us who live hectic lives, but with the right tools, information, and resources, we can strive for order, peace, health, wealth, and calm. It's not too much to ask. We deserve a dexterous mind, a dexterous body, and plenty of dexterous spaces to support our dexterous lifestyle. Awesome. So, as Dan already mentioned, the wonderful things that he does with his life coaching. And one of the reasons why I thought it would be a wonderful idea to hear his message is because when we work with our clients, a lot of times we're having to reinforce that their way of doing things, if it's working, is okay. (laughs) Um, The definition of being organized is finding what you need when you need it but they've gotten so much negative feedback from someone who maybe organizes differently from them. They may, um, and I'm very much a person like that. I I have everything out (laughs) because I like to see things because if it's put away, I will not find it again. (laughs) Or it's like, you know, did I put it here? Did I put it here? I need to see it. And so it's a balancing act for me um, because what's out needs to be important as a reminder, but if everything's out, nothing's now important. So nothing, if everything is important, nothing is important, right? So it is that balancing act. But for our clients who may have that same tendency, they may live with someone or grew up around someone who just likes everything put away. And so, um, and (laughs) yes, that's me too. too. 
here's the importance, though. Even when you have everything put away, you need to know where it is. Where it is. You can be a putter awayer and your drawers and your closets be in chaos, but everything looks pristine on the outside. So there's still that need for organization and, and getting your getting your head in it to figure out a system that works for you. Exactly. I just saw on Instagram it was this thing where a husband's coming. He cup, he puts his keys and his iPod uh, and his um, glasses or whatever on the kitchen counter, and it's like I put things. This is how I put things so that I remember where they are. And then he walks away. Then his wife comes. Opens the door. <laughs> 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 this is amazing. That's amazing. Yep. Oh, for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what we're really trying to help people to understand is really organization isn't cookie cutter. It's about finding what you need when you need it, being efficient and doing so. And so, in our um, kind of training with our clients and coaching with them in, in that way, um, there is this, this piece that they're going to come into contact with, <laughs> which we all come in contact with, but it's going to especially happen in the journey to getting more organized is negative self-talk and the critic of, oh, I'll never be able to be better organized. This is who I am. This is, you know, I'm this way. And my mom already told me I was messy. So I'm going to always be this way. And it's like deconstructing that, like you said. So I love to call um, them me myths because that's what they are. They're they myths are. <laughs> about yourself. Me myths. Throw them away. <laughs> no, you are so right. And that's one of those things. Actually, you hit on something earlier, uh, Andrea and, and Kelly. You're you're so on with the myth thing. You're talking about engaging right with this level of you know belief that they have maybe they have a system already your clients have a system that keeps hey i know where things are it might not be uh as organized as person x does it and they're telling me i have to change but this works for me well we are all individual right but these meanness right I'm, i might be jumping the gun here but yeah this whole inner critic stuff this is the core of what i do in becoming empowered right we all have some type of inner voice Right. This inner voice is installed when we are young. It's either through behavior modeling, it's through conditioning, it's through programming. What we're seeing around us in society, right, programs us. What we see in our family dynamic programs us. All the behaviors modeled to us teach us about the world. They teach us about life. They teach us about what is okay, what isn't okay, what's appropriate or not, and how to behave as a human being in a social environment. So this idea of a right and wrong is a complete myth. It's based on a lot of times on our upbringing and it's not to demonize our parents at all. They're doing the best that they can with the tools that they have, but recognizing within ourselves that a lot of the things we hold to be true may be complete fallacies that we just believe strong enough. And that's really what my work is about is diving into those belief systems. They're called limiting belief systems or a fixed mindset. These, there are many names for it, but these things that we believe about ourselves or about the world that hold us back from being able to create and achieve what we want. It's that light switch that comes on. And when we realize, wait a second, I can actually choose to be happy. I can choose to have what I want. I don't have to be held back or that inner critic going, you're not good enough. You're, you know, you're worthless. You're never going to get this. You're always going to be this way, right? That's not us. That's not us at all. That's the voice of someone else 
that we've adopted as our own. So learning how to essentially divorce that voice to separate the two identities. And then how do we put that voice outside on the porch, right? That's not welcome in my house anymore. Get out of here. And it, but the key is what we need, right? What we engage with becomes that consistent voice, right? Do we want to re-engage with that voice or do we want to install a new voice that's empowering, that lifts us up and helps us? The key, again, we got to engage with that over and over and over to give it strength and, and start to rewire our brain on what voice do we want to listen to? That's, that's so powerful because that inner critic can arrest any kind of development. And, And the inner critic sometimes is so cruel that we would never in a million years speak to another person. Ever. The way that that inner voice speaks to us. Ever. That's one of the things I actually do with my clients in when we're going through this this portion of my program is to to actually take awareness of it, to write down some of the things that your inner critic says to you. But the key for me is to not just what it is, what's the tone of voice that your inner critic uses, right? What tone of voice do you hear when that talk? For me, it was very scornful. It was deriding. It was this like, Dan, you're a piece of shit, right? This type of just really negative tone. And I was like, wait a second, would I ever talk to another human being that way? Would I ever accept being talked to this way? So why is that okay for me to talk to myself this way? Like with that? And so really what it was, was kind of coming and doing some healing work with my inner child and going, Hey, Danny, like kind of naming my inner child, my my childhood name is like, Danny, it's okay. Like you're doing the best you can, especially one of the things you said earlier that I loved is this, where you are now is a product of your past actions, right? Your past self doing this, but also is going to set up your future self too. So like appreciating younger me going like, Hey, I don't think any of us willfully do things that are going to put us in a bad situation, right? We're acting under the best knowledge that we have to try and create a a good thing. We go, Hey, I'm going to do this because I think this is the best course of action to achieve X. And then maybe things go sideways and it's like, okay, well, past me, instead of being like, man, I such, I, I mess up all the time. Hey, Thank you for trying because now I have the knowledge and experience of going through that. So future me is going to be even better because I'm going to learn and continue to grow. We're experiential learners. We have to learn and kind of mess it up. There is no perfect or right way or good way. We're just kind of fumbling through, figuring it out as we go. And I think when that realization dawned, right? And I was like, oh, it's not only that there aren't any answers to the test. There's not even a test in the first place. All of this pressure I'm feeling, I'm putting on myself. What if I didn't do that? And it yeah. sounds silly, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we oh my goodness. Dive into what you do, but Dan, tell us, how did you start this? Like, where did this passion come from that catapulted you into this, helping people and guiding them? Well, thank you, Kelly. I will try to keep this part short. Uh, <laughs> so. I grew up in a very, it was a very autocratic household, um, you know, in a, I would say with a very religious background. Neither of those things are bad necessarily in and of themselves, but just the way that I grew up was basically knowing that I am not good enough on my own. My dad was a great proponent of conditional love. I'm not trying to, again, not trying to demonize the guy. He tried the best he could. He was very traumatized. Our parents all have their own issues, right? There, nobody is perfect, and this is not the goal to be perfect. Is to 
just be better than you were yesterday. And I think a lot of the, again, the generational traumas get put on you like my kids. I'm realizing, oh man, I've done some stuff that I don't like. Let me go acknowledge this, apologize, and then work to heal it together. That didn't happen for me uh, until much, much later. So when I grew up essentially having to perform to be worthy of connection, right? To do something to be worthy of that love. If I didn't follow the rules, right? I wouldn't be connected. If I didn't do what I was told, I would like see separation. And also the, again, the religious backing of this very Christian uh, uh, type of uh, conditional love. It's not, I'm not knocking religion here. This is not the, I've met some wonderful, wonderful believers in Christ who are just so heart centered and come at this from a place of whole love. This was not that. This was essentially, there's something wrong with me. I need to be something I'm not in order to be connected, right? I see that in the archetype of the father. I see that now in the archetype of, you know, God in that whole sense. So I, I grew up with a really toxic self-perception. My inner critic was beating the ever-loving crap out of me. And I, I spent most of my teens and 20s in a really dark place. It was, you know, actually a lot of suicidal ideation. I wondered if I, you know, again, I might not even make it to tomorrow. So kind of working through this, I followed all the instructions of society, right? All that programming of happiness exists outside of you. You need to obtain this and then you'll be happy, right? It's this whole achievement-based mindset, which isn't a bad thing. Again, I'm not knocking it in and of itself, but coming from an unhealthy place, right? From a very codependent background, boy, I, you know, got a high paying job, selling cars. I got married, had kids, got a house, nice car, all of the stuff, right? On the surface, my life was really good because I had all the stuff. I was miserable. I hated myself and I just wasn't happy. That was, I would say the core of what I do is dealing with this epidemic of unhappiness, right? I'm not happy and I don't know why, how do I fix it? And ultimately I fell into some substance abuse problems with alcohol and I, my life pretty much imploded. I lost everything, you know, got divorced, lost my job, house, all of that. And was faced with a very, that moment of truth uh, where I really was was at a place where I wanted to die and I kind of had this out-of-body experience where I looked at myself and I go I saw a path and I go okay there's a fork in the road option a the left path leads down the road I've been traveling on I know where that goes and it's not good option b the, the right fork I haven't been down that it's a little scary but I I that road is to get help and I want to try that it's, it's beyond me what I can do so I I took that and Thankfully, I have an incredible support system around me. And then this, this therapist I started working with is such a beautiful man. Like I love him to pieces and he is such, such an incredible force, uh, for, for good in my life and in others. So I, I committed to two things when I started going to therapy. One was I was going to be honest with myself and then with him as, as my, you know, as my travel guide in the sense, the role that I now hold. And that was, that's really hard to be honest with yourself. It is, we lie to ourselves, we're masters at lying to ourselves. Being honest, and this is part of that, that journey is journaling, right? It is showing myself what I really think and then what I thought in the past. The second part was doing the work, actually committing to doing the work. And, you know, over a few years of, of going into this really intensive therapy, uh, cognitive behavioral is the background. And I just found that worked for me. But many other types of therapy are, are great for because everybody's different. Right. So I, I really did this work of healing that relationship with my inner child and ended up reconciling with my dad uh, before he died, which was really cool uh, to, to kind of have that full circle. So the reason I bring that up is because that's how I, I got started in here. I was in the financial services industry, helping people save for retirement, reconcile with my dad. 
uh, he got diagnosed with cancer and died really quickly at age 67, right? Most people are re retiring about that time. I'm helping people save for retirement. I'm like, cool, I want to approach this, you know, from a standpoint of education and, and holistically. And uh, wow, okay, earth-shaking moment. The America teaches us sacrifice now, be happy later, right? You can suffer now, you can have your happiness when you retire. He didn't get his retirement. And many of us, many of us don't get that. Many of us... Uh, I would say, you know, I see it in my friends, right? We'll have tragedies that strike unexpectedly, right? Health, you, nobody plans to get cancer. Nobody plans to have an aneurysm, right? Things happen. So what are we doing? And and so he died and it really hit me. I saw this card pass me on the way home. It had a bumper sticker that said, don't postpone joy. And that really just, it stopped me. I'm like, right, because we're meant to enjoy life. It's not all going to be roses and sunshine, but let's take out the top 10 and bottom 10%, the outliers. Where's that 80% of your life lived? Where's that needle pointing? Is it positive or negative? And if you're not happy with the answer, do you want to change that? And so I, I ended up finding my ways like, this is what I, I need to do is share this, this lesson essentially that I've learned the hard way myself with other people. And if my truth of, of being present and prioritizing joy and acting with intention if my truth can help other people discover their own because they're all going to be different right but if my truth can help them discover their own then there's no other thing that i want to do so that that is how i found myself into this sphere uh, in the wellness in the coaching field That's that is awesome yeah story ours <laughs> we're all superheroes especially when we're impacting other people's lives um and you know we like like comic book superheroes have an origin story. <laughs> I always like to hear other people's. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a super nerd, so I love that reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can be whatever superhero we want, you know, whoever superhero <laughs> we have. It's still super. Um, I love it. So when, a couple of things that resonated with me and came up for me when you were talking. Um, one about um, kind of how we get messages as we're younger and i again i guess i spent a lot of time on instagram <laughs> note to self um uh, it was like a father and a son they're watching a football game or some type of sports game and um the son is like so small he's in diapers so he's watching the game with his dad and then um something happens on the screen apparently the a, a team scores and the son goes, yeah, and the dad goes, oh, and then the son looks over at his dad, and then he goes, oh. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, somebody scored, and we knew, we normally cheer for this, but then he was like, oh, it was the wrong team, according to dad. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it was, you know, our, who we cheer for is a personal matter. We typically, some, you know, we have a lot of people who cheer for a certain team because their family has. <laughs> I, I was indoctrinated. I, my whole family's from the greater Boston area. My dad was a sports broadcaster. I was indoctrinated. You cheer for these teams. So like, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the same can like carry over into, you know, our routines, our habits, why we do certain things. Oh, we're, you know, we're not going to do this in this house or, you know, you have to do this, uh, this type of way in this house so when you kind of you know branch off then you have that 
voice and those inner critics telling you on top of all the other things that I have going on, I can't uh, leave laundry on the floor for more than a day. Like it just, well, or, the, what kind of person am I? I'm, I'm a horrible person if I do that because well, that's Andrew, what you're talking. right. You're, you're right. And that's the thing is all of this, all of this talk is so unconscious, right? All of these programming, this modeling of hate, all of these things are programmed into us on a subconscious level. They're driving us without us being even close to aware of it. And so what you were talking about at the beginning, right, was with your clients realizing, again, this, this identity, right, of like, hey, does this work for me, right? It, the first step is to become aware because if we are not aware of it, then we can't hope to change it or even to, to understand it. So that awareness of what drives me to do this, right? Is this compulsion or this, like this, I find when we're acting out of integrity with ourselves, right? With making decisions that don't line up with our values and principles, it creates this dissonance, right? This discord within us that's just like, I'm irritable, I'm angry, or I'm, I'm just frustrated and I can can be, you know, like lash out to people that are close to me or, oh, but if I'm acting in integrity with myself and making decisions that line up with those things, the values and principles that I have, wow, I'm generally a much more pleasant person to be around. So why don't I do more of that? What, and then it kind of dives in a little further why do i do that what is the cause of this and starting to explore what makes me me right what are these belief systems that comprise the identity of dan right what have i built this identity around and does i think the biggest question here is does the, do these belief systems serve me does this serve the person that i want to be and to become because we can if we want reclaim our agency over that and say i want to be x Right. I want to be kind, caring, compassionate, organized in my own way. Right. And this idea of creating what we wish to become. We're not pre-programmed. Right. Our future doesn't our past does not dictate our future. My story is unwritten. The the pre-prologue, right, that I've already lived right. is not an indicator of what I will be. And I think that's the coolest thing is when we kind of have that light bulb and go, Oh, I control the narrative. Right. Yes, you do. It's Everything becomes open and the pressure comes off because what's there to feel pressured about? You can write whatever story you want. You can. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's powerful. The yeah. understand. Um, I'm so excited that you are offering a free 45 minute discovery call. I am. <laughs> to anyone who wants to dive a little deeper and see what all of this intentionality and everything you've talked about is about. Um, and really kind of journeying forward because what we we the intention of our um creating dexterous lifestyle is helping people through the journey to get organized but we know through experience and through seeing it that it's going to start uncovering a lot of things yeah um and so we want to um help as much as we can stay in our lane <laughs> and send, <laughs> send our clients to um and our and our and our uh community to people like you who um can really dive in there with them um and figure those things that you know as they're pulling their stuff out um they're also pulling out internal things that yeah need to be addressed <laughs> the physical it's a, remarkable to me how often the physical will represent 
what's going on internally, right? The emotional and the mental, you could call it the spiritual, whatever, but it does represent that. And I find very much like you, as we're going through some internal stuff, that manifests itself in the physical. So I don't, the stay in your lane, I know was, was a joke, but realistically we are, we are all collective. We're part of this collective, right? We're all trying to raise that level together. So whatever form it takes, again, I'm a, I'm a certain flavor, right? Just like you guys are a certain flavor. Hey, if you like butter pecan, great. I'm your guy. If you don't, cool. I have a network of wellness professionals and coaches and, and maybe you like black raspberry. Great. Let me send you over there. It's all about fit and flavor, right? Who's the right person to work with so-and-so, right? To, with work with you guys, work with me. That's the beauty of having so many in this wellness space, right? Is because there's a person for everybody. There's a person for whatever your fit is. And I love that you approach this again from a very holistic standpoint of, hey, what's right for you, right? That That's so, so it helps people feel seen, helps people feel heard, and then causes them to go, hey, I want to take some space for me, right? I don't want to give my power away anymore. I want to reclaim that. I want to hold my own space. And that's so powerful. So yeah, I would absolutely be happy. I'd be thrilled to talk with anybody who wants to have one of those, you know, 45 minute discovery calls. It's completely free. Basically, I, I kind of push you through a little travel guide. Um, idea that I do it with myself is, where are you? Where are your pain points? Where do you want to go? And how do we get there? Awesome. 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 <laughs> well, Thank you if you're- so much. Look, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Also, if you're looking at the bottom of the screen, you can see the contact information. You can find them on TikTok and IG at My Feel Good Coaching. And um, we'll have the information also in the show notes. Thanks so much again, Ben. And for those of us who are looking for more peace, calm, and organization in your life, remember to find your dexterous lifestyle. Bye.